Hello and welcome to Healing from Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, author of The Living Spirit, Answers for Healing and Infinite Love, which shares stories of spiritual awakening, spiritual communication, healing energies, miracles, and ways to tap into your inner self and your intuition for greater awareness of what you and life really are all about. Today I am delighted to welcome from Australia Andrew Matthews, author of his newest book, How Life Works. For when you understand the universal laws of energy, it is possible uh, to find happiness, health, and prosperity, and a greater love of life. Hello, Andrew, and thank you for joining me today on Healing from Within. Hi, Cheryl, and nice to be with you. Andrew, as listeners of the show are so well aware, my guests and I share intimate stories and insights into how to find the truth of both our physical and spiritual worlds so we can utilize the wisdom of our mind, body, and spirit and begin to move past fear, blame, judgment to create a greater state of peace, harmony, balance, and love. In today's episode of Healing from Within, Andrew Matthews, author of a range of self-help books whose specialty includes life-work balance, embracing change, dealing with disasters, and achieving success, will show you how good you feel is entirely within your own power. You can find work you can be surrounded by people you love, and you can also find a greater love of this precious gift of life. Andrew, I always love to ask my guests to think back to their childhood, to remember a person, a place, an event, a goal, a value that may have been influential for the development of the adult they were to become and the lifestyle they would value. Because I kind of feel our life plan is with us at the very beginning so think back it, it was really the experience of I had a father who who always did what he loved in life for a career and um, so um, for the last 25 years of his life my father was a professional artist um, he began he began life as a butcher and then he was in the Second World War um, and and then he was a farmer and he became an inventor and a real estate developer and ultimately um, he really flourished and, and prospered as a landscape painter. I grew up believing that your career was, was what you loved to do and that um, the only time you changed career was you when you found something that was more exciting. And... Um, so that was my core belief, and so I have found myself um, following my heart. I actually wrote a book called Follow Your Heart. But so my belief was that, that we should do what we loved, and that was how we flourish and prosper. Well, you see, I was brought up to believe that you stay with it. <laughs> you could be 40, 40 years in a career, but I've had eight careers, so I have defied that initial training. But I think what you saw with your father was his uh, risk-taking and his ability to allow his inner intuition to guide him to find different ways of expressing his true inner soul being and I think that's wonderful you had a great example some of us can find it perhaps in one 
arena of life or one field. But many of us need to explore ourselves, our interests, uh, the world, and if we're lucky enough to travel. And everything is just another way of knowing more about who we are. And that's ultimately what life is about, to know more about who we are and how to have greater compassion and love. So I think that's great you just said that. But let's go on to why you selected the title, How Life Works, and how you have set up the book so readers may find a way to understand approaches to creating new ways to see themselves and to create what we need and want. In the way you set up the book uh, is very uh, apropos for doing this. So tell us about okay. that. Well, well, the first thing was why why the book itself, and um, I wrote my first book, Being Happy, in 1988, and and um, after a very slow start, it it actually became an international bestseller, and I was this guy who everybody thought should be a psychologist to write books on happiness, but I wasn't. But despite that, I think um, I write books that for people who don't read books. I like to to take a very simple and hopefully entertaining approach. And so uh, I've written a series of books about uh, enjoying life and enjoying work. Um, and, you know, the thing that had, um, had, I suppose, had me curious for the last 30 years was why is it that some people who aren't necessarily the people who work the hardest, they're not necessarily the best qualified why is it that some people just go from one success to another and seem to lead these magical lives and others who are perhaps very serious and very diligent and very well qualified just seem to struggle? And, um, and you know, the, 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 here's the thing. We grew up, we grow up with the belief that success will make you happy and it's a myth. And the, and the reality is that happiness makes you successful. And so the, the, the foundation of how life works is that, is that your success depends on how you feel. And when you feel happy and joyous, you become a magnet for, for people, for opportunity, and for synchronicity, and things just simply work. And so what I set out to do in How Life Works was to, to firstly make the point <laughs> that your, your mission in life is to, is to be joyous. Your foundation for success is happiness. Absolutely. And I set out. Yeah, it's absolutely yeah. so. It's not what we do. It's in what we are being or allowing to be from within us to be expressed out into the world, right? And not letting the world determine what it is that we consider success or, or, yes. or, or how we live our life. And many people have it turned around. They think that what the world will give to them or not give to them, you know, they get into the emotions of blame and anger and negativity because things are not going their way. But really, they haven't gotten their thoughts and their behaviors and their actions in sync with just the joy of being alive and being, you know. So, yes, thank you very much for expressing it that way. Now, your first chapter is entitled, When Bad Things Happen. Please tell us why you began the book with this topic and what we can learn from both good and 
bad experiences. Really, there aren't any good or bad experiences. They're just experiences, and how we perceive them often makes them yeah. one, one or the other. But, but tell us about yes. that. But when, when we're in the middle of it, sometimes yeah. they can seem bad. Oh, yes. So, <laughs> yeah. So I, um, I, I began the story just, just talking about a, a fellow who does electrical work on my house and, and how he just had one disaster after another and um and uh, because i mean he i mean one you know as it turned out car crash and then he got nearly died and then he lost his house and so on um but i i tell that story because in a sense it is it is something like we can all experience where we can have uh, bad things happen in waves and we say why why am i a victim and why is the universe punishing me and the fact is the universe doesn't punish us but when when we feel like a victim and when we are feeling um, hopeless and when we are feeling that, that uh, life is bad and, and that we're not connected with anything and there were, that there's no help out there, then, then one disaster seems to happen after another. And it, and it is not, <laughs> it's not anybody's fault. It's not no. God's fault. It's no. just, it's just that we need to start to feel better about ourselves. And so, that everyone can identify with going through those times uh, when when life looks very bleak and even mean, and so that that seemed like a, a logical start uh, to a book. So everyone can say, "Yeah, I know that." Yeah, what we're actually also thinking about here is the law of attraction, which is a universal law of energy. Uh, what we think mm-hmm. about and pursue will materialize over time. And if we are hmm. conscious of our thoughts and actions and behaviors, we can recognize what works better for us and put our attention in that direction. Now, Andrew, you wrote, good things happen when we are feeling good and bad things happen when we are feeling bad. So it's a continuous, <laughs> yeah, it's a continuous, <clears throat> you know, we're putting out that energy and it's just coming back to us. So let's take a look yeah. at how the subconscious works and how important beliefs are in making things happen in our lives. Well, I'm not sure if it's beliefs, but hmm, our thoughts, perhaps. Yeah. Well, um, I, you know, I, I told the I told I told the story actually of my stepdaughter Nicole, who went on vacation to Bali. And she kept telling herself, uh, before I go on this vacation, all I want to do is lie down and do nothing. And um, and then she, so she went to Bali and she, she got a stomach bug and she ended up in hospital and, and, and couldn't, couldn't yeah. do anything for seven. I'm sorry that happened, but she got what she asked for in a yeah, way. Yeah, absolutely. And so that, that was my way of saying that the, the subconscious is, is so much more literal than, than we we sometimes believe, and um, and uh, you know very often we can be you know telling ourselves, for example, I wish I didn't have to go to work, or I, I wish I wasn't here. Um, but unless we are actually thinking about something positive that is is a substitute for that thing we don't like, then we may just have our subconscious find a way to to get us sick or, or yes, you know. Um, which wasn't really what we planned. So our subconscious is 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 driving our life, and and the 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 thoughts that we have uh, on a regular basis filter into our subconscious, and and uh, 
so we have this uh, we have this if if you like the subconscious is like an, an iceberg where um, you know the, the part of our mind that is driving our life is that part that we don't see right yeah mm. so so the universe is not judging what's good or bad for us they're just giving us our greatest desires very often even if it's not good for us and our greatest fears so we have yes. to learn how to uh, reprogram our thinking now let's go on to children this is a very interesting topic for me uh, on children's brains and what is happening how we are helping our children either develop into healthy positive uh, later on adults or we're harming Mm. them so tell us something about the children and their brain waves and what's happening well well um kids um um, the, the reason that kids learn so fast is that is that they don't really have any barriers. They they just basically they just almost accept everything that they hear or see, and and uh, and as we as we become adults or or not even adults, but as we move into about you know even five or six, then we 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 develop this ability to filter out things. So we need to be very careful about what we tell young children of you know. Particularly the really young ones of three, four, five years old, because because um, what what we what we tell them just goes straight into their subconscious. But at the at the same time, the the really young ones don't don't have any um, belief systems blocking what they believe is possible. And so mm. we come across children on the ski slopes who learn to ski at at three years old and they just stand up and ski because they think that's absolutely what I can do. And they don't have the so fear. They have not they, been inundated with fear or this is too hard or you can't do it or, you know, they just don't have that programmed into them. Societal programming yes. can slow down a person's greatest talents and abilities. So we suggest to our parents listening of young children you know, their little souls happen to know a great deal about what's good for them and what they want. And if we say no less often and just allow mm-hmm. them to experience, of course, we don't want them to get hurt. So we have to, you know, protect them in certain situations. But we can guide them gently without no being a constant term that they get used to hearing and plant yes and positive thoughts with them. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think the other thing, Cheryl, is that uh, sometimes as adults we think that because children aren't articulate and because they don't have all the words that we have, that they don't understand, and that is <laughs> that is a massive misconception. Yes. Because because children have a phenomenal ability to comprehend what is happening very often, right. and they may not be able to articulate it, but they know it and they feel it. Yes, absolutely. I have known some children who are more articulate in their actions than grown-ups, <laughs> and are yeah, picking and are picking up the truth uh, more quickly than some of the grown-ups around who've already shut down and, and blocked off mm. their their subconscious. So they're not not they're not relating to their inner being, knowledge and wisdom. They're relating to their ego with thoughts and fears and belief systems and societal training and programming and all that. So I think we covered on that, and that's that's very important for our listeners to know who are dealing with children. 
Some people want to know why the same things keep happening to them repeatedly. And you started to tell us a little bit about that before. So mm. tell, some people are always broke or late or busy or getting ripped off or dating people who turn out to be problems. So tell us something in a nutshell about that. Well, well, once we realize and once we... Ex I mean, all of us, have, have, if we've been even mildly observant, come to accept that there is, is the, this thing called the law of attraction whereby yes. what, we, what we think about seem, just seems to unfold. And so, so once we accept that, then we realize that if we seem to have the same kinds of thoughts, <laughs> we, we must, by, by definition, keep getting the same kinds of things happening to us. Which, which is what happens. And so, so it is that we, we know people who you can give them $10,000 this week and next week they need a bank loan to buy a hamburger because <laughs> they, they, they just have this belief that I never have any money. And, and, and any subconscious belief that you have will, will override willpower, will override everything. It doesn't matter if, if you believe that you are for example, unworthy of love, then then you will find a way to screw up your relationships no matter how much you tell everybody that, that I'm ready to find Mr. Right and settle down and be happy ever ever after. Mm -hmm. If you believe you are unworthy. So so it comes back to um, these 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 thoughts that we have on a daily basis about who we are and what we deserve, uh, what is possible become our core subconscious um, beliefs and reality and, and, then, <laughs> and then it becomes, and our reality yeah and 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 so our life unfolds accordingly so then what some people say is it's just the way I am and it's not the way you are it's just the program that you have yes and so so the important thing to understand is that whatever keeps on showing up for you whether it's poverty or whether it's um, 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 unhappy relationships or whether it's it's even illness at the point that you start to say this is not me this is a pattern I have it's like you know it's not my computer it's just a program I have I, I can change the program and then then you just go about doing the things that change your program and you, you do that by um, by things like meditation by visualizing your successful future by doing all of the things that start to, to change your subconscious program and then your life changes accordingly absolutely why did einstein say insanity oh insanity is doing the same thing that's yeah, yeah. it and, yes and ex In ex expecting a different result well that's yeah. what programming is all about you're just going to yeah, get the would... same result over and over until you recognize and acknowledge your part in what's happening first of all you have to take responsibility and then you have to take consistent action uh, to change how you're behaving so you can create a new pattern and 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 that was a very wise statement i think he was also in tune with the universe and the subconscious <laughs> yeah. and and you know creating our own life through thoughts and energy so we'll we'll go on to when negativity becomes normal for some people why why does that happen what has happened in their young life their childhood which may make that just normal for them they can't really think past it. 
Well, a, a chunk of that can be if we're surrounded by negative people and we're, if we're mm-hmm. surrounded by people who don't see joy and they don't see possibility, then then that becomes our world too. And and um, um, so the uh, f- firstly, um, we understand that that is really hard if 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 your parents are negative and if you're in a job you hate and you're if you're living in a neighbourhood that is not uplifting and and so on then then you start to believe, well, that is how the whole world is. And then the first step is to understand, well, it's not the whole world. It just happens to be where I am at the moment. But there are there are people out there that have a totally different reality. I like that at and, the and, moment because in the next moment yeah. everything could change. And, you know, most of us, I'm going to say most of us grew up with worried parents who taught us to worry. I have so many mm. clients who come to me uh, for Reiki healing sessions and the readings that I do who are mm. loaded with fear and worry, and it's not their own. It was given to them, and it wasn't perhaps even real for their parents or teachers, but they, it's passed down. It's like, it's like something that just keeps coming into our thoughts, just like negative thoughts come in on any given day. Maybe 50% mm. of our thoughts can be worrisome or fearful, but we don't have to engage mm. them, and they don't have to be our truth. That that's what we have to learn, to be more discriminating in what we allow ourselves to accept the energy we uh, embrace and that which we discard because it doesn't suit us or serve us. You know, recently there were two suicides in the United States. I, I don't know if you're aware of them. Kate Spade, who was a famous designer, and Anthony Bourdain, both celebrities. Uh, Are yes, you, yeah. yes. So, so Anthony, I know of, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you, you know, you say in the book, many are suffering from depression, guilt, and fear, and mm. because it's become commonplace in our fast-moving technological society that people want to have everything, and materialism has made such a dent in people's joy and happiness for simpler things. And I think perhaps uh, we have to learn how to accept that which is good for us and be joyful about what we have. And I guess the word gratitude comes in here, a very, very important word for us to think and to find the positive in whatever activity. You say in the book, what's good about confronting rude people? And you actually Mm. say... (laughs) I'm building character and patience. I'm developing people's skills. And the rude people at work help me to appreciate other people in my life. So, see, this is the way we can spin or turn around something that's uncomfortable and make it something to work for us. So I like that yes, very much. Uh, well, well, I'm glad you raised that, Cheryl, because one of the one of the points that I make um, – in how life works, and also when I when I do um, live seminars and things, is this idea that that we find what we look for. If if you look for good things in your boyfriend or your neighbourhood, you find them. If you look for bad things in your job or your boss, you find them. And so we we we, um, we do come across people and situations that are unpleasant. And so the, the negative person says, well. You know, I'm just being really realistic. There are things in my life that are terrible. But the positive person says, somewhere in somewhere in there, there is something that is good, and there is something that is is helping me to learn and flourish. And what is that? 
And so um, the, 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 the core difference between happy people and unhappy people is um, firstly uh, gratitude, and we can come back to that. But it, it, it's this thing to say, what is good about today? What is good about what's happening right now? What is good about my friend? What do I love about this? Mm-hmm. In, many, in many ways, it's the questions that we ask ourselves. Yeah, you know, you also give uh, a ladder to climb where you rank emotions from the lowest to the highest. And that's a good way to create better results in our life because we want to realize where we might be at any given moment and where we can be if we start to move ourselves in the right direction. So tell us something about that ladder of emotion with fear and grief being at the bottom and love and Mm. joy being at the top. Where well, do we want to be the, is the question. Yeah, yes. The, so the point I'm making there is one of the things we might do is we say, well, well, how can I be really happy when I'm really uh, fearful and, and sad at the moment? And and obviously it's a little bit like saying, how can I be travelling at 100 miles an hour when I'm actually going backwards? Ah, and, good. And, and the fact is you, you get to 100 miles an hour by, by first of all... Um, standing still and then moving at five miles an hour and and gradually you increase your speed so um, if you're suffering fear and grief then even at the point that you start to feel um, like anger or worry that that is that is still more positive than than going through fear and 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 grief and and then when you're worried even if you're you can be a bit pessimistic (laughs) <laughs> that is better than being worried. And then when you're um, contented, that's going to be better than pessimism. And yeah. then optimism is better than contentment. And then, so so the idea is that when people say, I can't be joyous because I'm miserable. Well, you might be miserable or you might be grief stricken, but you can be somewhere that's a little bit better than you are now. And that's, life is a, is a, is a like a, um, improved in, in just little bites, in little stages. Right. And that's the magic. Mm. You know, if you're unattached and accept that your conscious mind only sees a little bit of the picture or plan, that gives you hope and you know you can start to connect to everyone and you can be calm and believe in progress. And that's how you climb that beautiful ladder that you gave us, which is a good way to see uh, that it doesn't matter where we are. We always have the chance to make changes that will be better for us. So I want to thank you, Andrew Matthew, author of How Life Works, for sharing an enjoyable, practical set of vignettes that help readers explore the universal laws of energy to know the way to appreciate love make choices for successful and healthy living, and to know that we don't have to figure it all out. We are, after all, human. For more information and to purchase this picturesque view of how life works, go to howlifeworksonamazon.com. 
In summarizing today's episode of Healing from Within, Andrew has shared in amusing and practical ways how we may transcend and transform life and our often unrealistic or unauthentic beliefs of what we may wish to achieve or experience based on the views of society, our friends and family, and learn to experience life from within our own thoughts and energies as we learn the rules of the game and enjoy life more. We can move from knowing that it is not perfection that we need or even can achieve, and that happiness is about self-improvement and celebrated steps of progress. We have also discovered perhaps the reason for having a physical life. Andrew wrote, Imagine for a moment that you were God and you decided to make some humans these humans would be like apprentice creators. They don't build universes, but they are fairly handy. They write stories and make music, invent helicopters and iPods, build cities, and also make babies. These humans inhabit a universe that seems solid enough, but on investigation they discover that the building blocks of the universe are not solid particles, but waves of energy. This energy turns out to be the same stuff as human thoughts. Andrew and I would have you recognize the divine quality of your unique life and thoughts and focus on happiness, which most probably is the aim and end of human existence, as Aristotle said so long ago. I am Cheryl Glick, host of Healing from Within, and I invite you to visit my website, CherylGlick.com, to read about and listen to authors, visionaries, scientists, spiritualists, psychologists, medical practitioners, and all who seek to understand human nature and the flow of life. Shows may also be heard on DreamVision7Radio.com and WebTalkRadio.net. Thank you.